Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, hello. It's the Coventry Telegraph podcast, While We Sing Together, episode 14. And I'm delighted to be joined by former Sky Blues player and manager, Stephen Presley. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Andy. I make it 19 appearances, one goal as a player. Is that about right? That's about right, yeah. And, and a nice round 100 games. Um, sadly, could have been more, um, but 100 games, we'll come to that a, bit, a little bit later, but 100 games as manager. Um, but let's look at your, um, your playing career with the Sky Blues, first of all. Um, how did that move come about? Because you moved from a big club in Scotland, didn't you, Rangers, at the time. Um, only a young lad. How old are you? 21, what do you I think? I was 21 when I arrived, yeah, just turned 21. Um, I had obviously come through the ranks of Rangers. Um, I'd been with them since 12 years of age. Um, and I had played in the region of probably total league plus cup games in the region of maybe 50 games for, for Rangers. And... Uh, I was hungry for regular football. The Rangers at the time had a really strong squad. You know, the, the, the Scottish Premier League, especially the top teams at that time, they were of comparable level to the English Premiership mm-hmm. in many respects. You know, you had Rangers who were very strong in Europe during that period and yeah. just missed out on, on getting to a Champions League final, losing to Marseille, who went on and ultimately... Uh, won the competition that year so the the strength of the squad was really strong there you know you had uh, a lot of international players at that time applying their trade and of course I was a, a young 21 year old that thought I was better than I was <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the reality was my father who was a great influence on me I'm not talking in terms of knowledge of football just in terms of his life he gave me a, a different outlook on many things that just passed away mm. and I had a two or three year contract extension on the table from Rangers at the time and in hindsight the reality is I should have taken it. Mm. I had such a burning desire to play regular first team football at that time Coventry were a well established Premier League side um, and the opportunity came up to to move and uh, I thought at the time it was the right move, I thought I was ready for the move. but ultimately, um, in hindsight, I probably wasn't. But uh, it was a great experience for myself, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't fully settle down here at the time. I was uh, uh, at the time I was single. You know, I wasn't like I'm now, married with children. Um, and, I, and I came down after losing my father, and it was a difficult period in my life. Mm. Who was just going back to your time at Rangers? Who was above you? So who were sort of the, the regulars that you? The, the the regulars that played at the time were Richard Goff, who was the captain at mm-hmm. that particular moment time, who was a, a a terrific player and a regular Scottish internationalist. You had Dave McPherson, who again was a mm-hmm. regular Scottish internationalist. You had John Brown, who was a another uh, very strong central defender. 
and you had also the likes of Oleg Kuznetsov, who was a, a Russian international defender. So, you know, you're vying for a, a central defensive position against some really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to, to gain 50 appearances was, at that age, was a, a you know, a reasonably good amount of appearances for one mm-hmm. so young in that in that environment. But you know, I had such a thirst to play more that that I felt it was right to go and try and establish myself um, elsewhere. I think you joined the Sky Blues in the October. Is it £630,000? Was it Phil yeah. Neal that signed you? It was Phil Neal. And then Big Ron took over from yes. him. While yeah. you, was that while he was during well, that was, season? Yeah, and uh, Phil came in. Sorry, Phil was the, the manager that, uh, that signed me. And then um, Ron came in during the season and he was assisted by Gordon. Yes. At the time, so you know, I was very fortunate enough to to play under Ron, but also you know play with Gordon Strachan in his latter years of his career. Was still at the age of forty, must have been at the time. He was mm-hmm. he was still exceptionally fit, probably mm-hmm. the fittest within the squad, and and still playing some terrific football. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I spoke to Barry Quinn. Um, recently for one of the podcasts and um, I was asking him who was the best player he ever played with and he said well he said I've never played with him in a match because he'd retired by then but it was Gordon Strachan when he was manager of him he said because they'd be doing training routines and stuff like that and he'd ask somebody to to deliver a ball into the box and he said no 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 no, not, not like that and he'd go over and he'd do it and he'd put it on a sixpence you know and he said he just he was just incredible uh, on the training field but he was such a good player wasn't he, he was a terrific player it's, it's funny because um, I obviously spend a bit of time with Gordon being down here now um, but Gordon was when I was growing up was, was one of my heroes he was mm. probably my favourite player growing up because as a young uh, a youngster growing up in Scotland I, I in my early years was an Aberdeen fan actually because right. my, my father was from the north of Scotland so there was a tie there and it was a great Aberdeen team of course Sir Alex mm. was the manager but Gordon was uh, was probably my favourite player because yeah. I know you probably won't believe it but growing up I actually was a, a wide right player <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to believe but and he was kind of my inspiration at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so let me take you back to your debut. Do you remember your debut? Yeah, I tried not to remember my debut, <laughs> truth be told. But I remember it, yeah. It was at Arsenal, was it? It was at Arsenal. 2-1 defeat. 2-1 defeat. And uh, I think it was the second goal. It wasn't a particularly memorable piece of defending from myself. But I actually, when I, I came down here, I'd come down, I'd only played one game in the last seven, eight weeks at Rangers because I'd been out with a shoulder injury and I came down and immediately I came in now not looking for excuses but I didn't think I was fit at the time. Then on the back of that game I spent several weeks getting myself physically prepared mm. for mm. coming back in. Mm. Not that that helped in the end but, but, I mean, but in the, the reality was that uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best of debuts, no. But in your defence, yeah. you know, mitigating circumstances, all that. I mean, that day you you made your debut. It was, I mean, Ian Wright scored both goals, yeah. and um, he scored his ninth and tenth uh, goals in a, a ten-game run, which broke, broke a record for yeah. Arsenal at the time. So, 
you know, I mean, he was a good player, wasn't he? Oh, he was a top player. You, know. like you played against some top quality players, you know, in the Premier League then, didn't you? Some fantastic players. Yeah, I actually played against Ian in the latter part of his career as well when he, he came up to Celtic. Played against a number of times there, but he was a he was a terrific player. It was a great experience for me. You know, in the nineteen games, I, I, the one thing was uh, I didn't have the great the disciplinary records. I had a number of sending offs and many many bookings. But in terms of growing up, in terms of uh, being at the sharp end and experiencing real football, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a brilliant experience for myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had some really strong games at the time mm-hmm. for. Um, for Coventry, you know, I played against Russian Fowler at, at home and, and received the man of the match that day. Yeah. I had a number of games like that. It was just my form was too inconsistent. Mm. And it's different when you're a young striker coming down and, and playing. You can have those highs that, that uh, you know, and, and when you, you play and you don't perform particularly well, you might have a low game, it doesn't have such an impact on the outcome you know when you're a central defender it's about consistency mm-hmm. and and unfortunately that's what let me down I had some really strong games but some really poor games my, my form wasn't consistent enough during the period mm-hmm. but in terms of growing up in terms of experience it was mm-hmm. it was great for myself and you scored at Old Trafford didn't you like that was no no I was ordered off at Old Trafford and ah. I scored. I scored at Highfield Road in a three-two defeat. I think. Oh, sorry, that, uh, but that was against Manchester United. Yes, yes, right. But that was um, you scored the equaliser to make it two-two. That's right. It was a great right. game, actually. Yeah. In the sky. But um, but I mean, you know, look at the, the team of that day. I mean, Paul Scholes, Andy Cole scored two. Scholes, he got one. Yeah. Beckham was in the team. He was, yeah. Um, Mark Hughes as well. I mean, he must have been. A, I mean, Hughes and Cole must be formidable Absolutely. strikers to no, defend against. It, it was, and it was a time where um, the Premiership was really taking off, and you know, you were beginning to see the the, the foreign players um, playing their trade within the league. So it was a it was a league. That was really gaining momentum at the time, and uh, there were some terrific players, you know, Hughes and, and Cole only being two of many. Mm. But like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just wished that I probably had come down at a slightly latter part of my career, yeah. and I uh, I came down probably in a better mental state of health. And your teammates at that time yeah. um, at City, I mean, there was Dion Dublin, Peter Unlow, Roy Wegley, Strachan, as we mentioned, yeah. Gordon. Um, I mean, who were the characters in the dressing room then? I actually met Dion, I had a, a, a pint with Dion the other week on a Sunday, we had Sunday lunch. Uh, he joined me and my wife and uh, a few friends in a local pub in, um, in Leamington. You know, Dion was a, a, a really good character, a good mm. leader within the dressing room. But there was a lot, you know, he had your, your name, but the likes of Paul Cook, yeah. who was a, a terrific character. You've got... Um, gone into management, of course. He's gone into management yeah. and done exceptionally yeah. well. You know, there's certain people that you, you, you don't envisage becoming managers. Paul was probably one of them, but he's, 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 he's taken... To management like a, a duck to water, shall we mm. say? And he's he, he's he's done terrific. But you had Mickey Quinn as well that was in the dressing room at the time. He was a, a tremendous character, you know, a really really funny lad. Um, so you had really good characters within the club that I enjoyed. And of course, when I came down, I had a Scottish ally and uh, 
Gary Gillespie at the time. Right. And Gary took me under his wing. I actually ended up staying with Gary in a in a place uh, on the suburbs of Coventry, and and we stayed together during all my time down here. And he, he really took me under his wing. He really looked after me. I spent several weekends at his home um, up close to Liverpool, and um, and he was great um, because at the time I, I, I was quite homesick. Mm. Although I wasn't down for a long period, I actually became quite homesick and. and he really helped me through some of those difficult periods. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you play. I mean, another player that you played with, Brian Burrows. Um, yeah. I mean, he was Player of the Year that year, ninety four, ninety five. And uh, people always said that had he played for a more fashionable club, he yeah. could play for England. I mean, do you do you think he was that good? He was a terrific player, a great, great reader of the game, mm. and a great understanding of the game. He actually, he, he would have been seen more probably because of his size as a, a natural right back but I played with him a couple of times as a central defender and he was very very good in there he had a mm. great reading of the game he actually reminded me of another player who had a big influence on my career was Morris Malpass again he was a natural full back not yeah. the biggest but a terrific reader of the game and both were very similar in many respects um, but Brian he was, he was not just a really good player he was a really good person and he was also a terrific professional, so um, you know it was it was uh, it was a, a real pleasure to play alongside him. Oh, of course, Steve Guzovic, who was my goalkeeping coach, had <laughs> gone to also played, and Oggy was another who was a great character. Mm. But I don't think people re- realise just how hard he worked. Mm. You know, he'd be the first on the training pitch, the last off the training pitch. He was a he was a brilliant professional. And in those days, you know, after a game, a player liked a, a can of beer and he had his cigarette at the back of the bus. That's how you yeah, yeah. you, you, you would unwind, yeah. um, and that was normal. But uh, no, he was another. It was a a really great character and a great professional. So, who were the best players you you played with in your career? Would you say? I don't know about play the best that I played with, but probably the biggest influence in terms of how I grew to play the game was Morris Malpass. Mm. I played with him for probably eighteen months at uh, at Dundee United after my period at uh, at Coventry, and he he taught me a lot in the sense of using your body. And in the sense of, you know, uh, how to win fouls, how to how to win headers without being the biggest. Because I was never the biggest of centre backs. You know, when I look at some of the centre backs mm. playing the trade in England, they're enormous in comparison to myself. So he taught me a lot in terms of the reading of the game, the use of the body, um, how to gain advantage doing those things. And he was a, a, a real influence on my career. And it's funny, you know, my son was actually talking about it the other day. I actually went through a period where, in the latter part of my career in Scotland, I was the most fouled player in the Scottish Premier League. <laughs> now, I was a centre-back, but the one thing I did learn to do was to put my body between ball and man and, yeah. and effectively fall over <laughs> with very little contact. So it was something, though, that I actually learned from Morris himself. So he had a really great influence on how I began to understand and play football. Mm, mm. 
And just briefly, I mean, how did the, your departure from Conscious Player go? I mean, it was obviously a big run at the time. I mean, yes. He must have been a, a bit of a character. What was he like as a manager, first of all? Yeah, he, he, you know, he was larger than life type character. He, um, you know, he would also join in in the five-a-side game. So at that time, he was he was not only the the Coventry manager, but he was playing his trade to Champions League commentary on a a Tuesday and Wednesday night. So, you know, normally after a, after a certain game on a Tuesday or Wednesday, whoever he'd been watching, whoever was the exceptional player. That's who he was <laughs> at the training on the Thursday. So you can imagine he was coming in, he was Figo one week. <laughs> was, you name it. So he would join in in the fives. And of course, if the ball wasn't passed directly to his feet, it was your fault, you know. But he was a great character. He had a, a real charisma mm-hmm. about him, you know, and a, a good presence. Mm-hmm. Football's evolved, you know, at that time. The, the the manager or head coach, however you want to describe it, I see both as the same. They 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 weren't so in depth on their tactical analysis. A big part of their job then was the management of players mm. and how they coped with that. And I think he was very good in that respect. He had an understanding of players. He had good manage management. That's not taken away from his knowledge of football, but, yeah. but the way that the manager now overall manages has evolved from those days and a lot was to do with man management then. Yeah. And uh, how did the decision come to, to move on? Was, it, was well, that your decision or it was yes, you it on? was my decision. The the lad who's Billy Kirkwood was my youth coach and reserve coach at Rangers. He had just um, been given the Dundee United job so he became the Dundee United manager and as soon as he became the Dundee United manager he, he phoned me um, at the time and asked would I be interested in coming back and playing for, for him at Dundee United I had a very close relationship with him mm. and to be honest with you as I said at the time I was struggling because of the situation with my father and various things I was struggling with homesickness and settling yeah, down here yeah. when you receive a phone call like that yeah. it, it uh, you know it, it, it unsettles you even further shall yeah. we say so on the back of that I felt that I wanted to return again in hindsight if I could turn the clocks back I wouldn't have gone back I would have stuck it out and really tried to mm. make a name for myself because I always felt that when you come down and you're only down for 19 games and you you go back up the road it's very difficult again to come back down and I didn't get the opportunity to come back down until I was 32 I think 32, 33 mm. that was the next time I had a real opportunity which was Charlton in the Premier League um, but I may have had uh, a greater opportunity, you know, one if I hadn't come down then mm. at 21, but I also felt that I should have stuck it out and, mm. and really tried to get through that difficult period. Mm. But still, you enjoyed a, a flourishing career in, in Scotland. Yeah. You were captain of Hearts, weren't you? And I yeah. think you were Hearts' most capped. Yeah, player. Yeah, at one stage, yeah, I don't know if that record still stands. I'm no, sure it does. does. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is a great achievement. As yeah, well. I played the most games that any 
the the most European games that any Hearts player has ever played as the most capped player. You know, I capped him into Scottish Cup glory. You know, I had a great time there. I had eight and a half years of of uh, of real good times mm-hmm. there, and um, I managed to really establish myself there. So they're a great club, a big club in Scotland. Uh, you know, probably of similar size to when Coventry are really, uh, you know, at their at mm. their best. You know, when Coventry were in the Premier League, then yeah. I'd say both sides are quite comparable in the yeah. in the size and fan base. So they're a really good club. Had really good times. Really good memories there, um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And you you had thirty two caps for for Scotland, I yeah. think. Um, and what was the the biggest game you played for them? I know. I think your debut was against was that against World World Cup champions France. Yes, I played against them a couple of times. That, I came on as a substitute. We actually played them. Um, I think it was in our Euro Championship campaign, and I played in the game at Hamden. I didn't play. I think I was suspended for the the following game over there. But I played in the game at Hamden, we actually won one now against the, the champions there, Henri and Co. all playing. Yeah, how we won one now. They had some incredible players. They had an incredible team, incredible <coughs> players. Um, and it was truly the Alamo that day. Yeah, we, we, played th- <laughs> we played three at the back, and I don't think I left the D. <laughs> at the edge of the 18-yard the, the box the entire game. But for some reason, we, we managed to dig it out. We really did. It was a, an incredible result for us. Um, so there were some really memorable games. I was mm. seeing real lows as well. I was in during the time of Berry Votes, which was a, a difficult period for us. Uh, although we nearly went to the Euros by, by finishing second in our group, then we beat Holland in the first leg again, an incredible Dutch side, if you look back at the history of the players that they had at that moment in time. And we won one now um, in the, the first leg of the double header right. uh, for qualification. We won one now at Hamden, and then they decided to turn up in the second leg. <laughs> they beat a six, I think it was 6 1 over there, which was one of the real low points. Um, but there was some great times, some disappointing times. Mm-hmm. But I think that comes with being a, a Scotland international player. But mm-hmm. you know, I really enjoyed it. The, the the one disappointment for me was that we never managed to get to a championship, whether it be the World Cup or the the Euros. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, we we got to the the qualifying, the the playoff game, but never managed to get through. Yeah, yeah. And um, moving to your. Return back to Coventry, um, March 2013, uh, replacing some bloke called Mark Robbins. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> My thanks to Stephen Presley and thank you for listening. To listen to more Coventry Telegraph podcasts, uh, simply subscribe to Audio Boom or iTunes. See you again soon.